What's up, guys? This is CJ from the teaching team at The Fold, and you are listening to At Coffee with The Fold. I'm so glad that you're tuning in with us this week as we take a deep dive into conversations that are relevant for our community. This podcast features guests from inside our community, from outside our community, who have something important to say and share that's relevant for our formation into the likeness of Jesus as we pursue the healing and wholeness of Jesus by finding home, family, and purpose. Welcome back to Coffee with the Fold. Once again, you are jumping in in the middle of a conversation that Heath and I started in the last episode. We're dropping you in just a little bit before where we left off last time so that you can get acclimated to the conversation again. But if you did not listen to the last episode, or really if you didn't listen to the last three episodes, then this is going to be a confusing spot to jump in. So I would highly recommend you make sure that you're caught up on the last couple episodes before you jump into this one. But if you're all caught up. I'm excited for the second half of this conversation. I think it's going to be really meaningful. So let's jump in. Yeah, I think that uh, the more we avoid the inner life, the more we find ourselves like, and I can say this from my own life, vainly pursuing um, transformation and 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 only receiving behavior modification. Mm -hmm. Um, But behavior modification feels good at Mm -hmm. the time because Mm -hmm. I'm, like you said, noticeable growth. Um, It's like we we are obsessed, uh, the church, the Western church, uh, and probably the Eastern church too, but like I think um, structurally Mm -hmm. is, is really obsessed with the shoot. Mm-hmm. So obsessed with what is the visible problem, mm-hmm. you know. So you have addictive behavior, okay? Like you're saying, we need to we need to fix that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, it, the truth is, at least I feel like the truth that's very evident in Scripture is the the physical manifestation or the external manifestation is is just a kind of a rotten fruit of the root that Mm -hmm. has been festering, you know, for years within us. Mm -hmm. And we keep on like chopping down that shoot because it's not bearing the kind of fruit we want or it's bearing Mm -hmm. rotten fruit, but we're not actually ever getting to the, the, the problem, Mm -hmm. um, which is not our behavior, but is what's driving that behavior. Yeah. And that's why, you know, I think there, there is a lot of leadership that endeavors to, live a life that looks like Jesus without <laughs> making that inner that yeah. journey inward and the result of that is behavior modification yeah, which is yeah, probably yeah. why so often the church is populated with people both in leadership and in um, you know in the seats or the congregation that are desperately trying to live like Jesus mm-hmm. and their efforts are yielding mm-hmm. at best behavior modification yeah. and and at worst just burnout yeah. Eventually, you just burn out because you can't. It's not a sustainable way to live. This is not how Jesus yeah. um, shows us how to live, right? And I, I, I like what you said earlier, and remind me of um, uh, N.T. Wright that quote. He said, um, "Jesus was the most human being to ever mm-hmm. live," yeah. right? So we're, we're we're called to be human again, not to satisfy our ego or to worship mm-hmm. ourselves. We're called to be human in the way Jesus was human because mm-hmm. this is God's design for humanity. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesus is the 
the one and the way, mm-hmm. the one true human and the way that leads us into true humanity. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, 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 I digress. Yeah, I digress. <laughs> yeah, um, and there, there is, there's so much to this that we could talk about. Yeah, that, we could. Um, man, um, yeah, burnout and behavior modification are so common, um, and, and it makes me think of. Um, I, I think, I want to make sure that I say this well, um, there are many of us who are living a a life that seems Christian in the sense that it does not break the majority of the rules, but we do not live under the lordship of Jesus. We have not fallen in love with King Jesus because we do not have an inner life that is in tuned with the spirit of Jesus. Um, and we often move backwards thinking that if I control behaviors, if I get all of my behaviors in line, then I will get an inner inner life. Then I will come under the lordship of Jesus. Mm. But oftentimes the first and most important thing we can do is come to believe in who Jesus actually is and more deeply understand his character and then trust him. And from that place, we bring our behavior into line with him. From that place, our lives, our lives change. And, and there, there, are, there are behaviors that need immediate change because they're wreaking havoc in our lives. You know, um, if someone is struggling with a destructive addiction, you know, or deep anger, then yes, they need to to do things to change the immediate damage that's being caused. Um, and they probably shouldn't wait to develop an inner life before they go to rehab <laughs> or something like that, right. you know? Yeah. Um, but, but we have to see these two things as, as going together. I heard a story recently of someone who, um, who was struggling very deeply, um, with, um, with a very, very obvious sin. And what I was struck by in their story, and this was a controversial sin that people debate over, and this person was debating over, um, is this thing wrong or is it right? Or I don't know what to do with this. But in their story, they first fell deeply in love with Jesus and then came to trust that Jesus is king and he is Lord through developing an inner life of submission um, and connection to Jesus. And over that, over time, from that first decision to submit to the lordship of Jesus, they were eventually able to, f- from their testimony, joyfully submit mm-hmm. that issue to Jesus. But because they first came under his lordship rather than first dealt with the issue. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. When we develop an inner life, we see Jesus for who he is, and that begins to orient the rest of our lives right. under his lordship. Yeah. It does not often work the other way around. Yeah, I don't know if it can work the other way around. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. you're right, It is the, those are interconnected. Mm-hmm. And I think the knock against inner life mm-hmm. language, A, it sounds, in kind of the modern evangelical mind, it sounds new age, mm-hmm. you know, because, again... Um, it sounds like this is just a journey of the self. Yeah, yeah. Um, but and I, I guess you know, without Christ, that's all it is, mm-hmm. right? Um, ultimately, it's mm-hmm. a journey of like, um, 
trying to fix myself mm -hmm. by myself, mm -hmm. in essence, or even with others. But ultimately, that's going to be a, um, a vain project. Mm -hmm. um, but as, as believers in Jesus, we're, we're the, vehicle are, the vehicle of that journey is the disciplines. Mm -hmm. The driver of that vehicle is the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Our participation is getting in the vehicle. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. So like, yeah, absolutely. Um, we're not alone in that journey. Mm -hmm. And the point of the journey is not to just gratify our own sense of self. The point mm -hmm. of the journey is to become more like Christ. Um, so I think that's... Uh, we talked about what are stumbling blocks, I think, last episode. Mm -hmm. um, and I think kind of to continue to reemphasize, this is not new ageism. Mm -hmm. This is not like Eastern philosophy. Yeah. Um, now, those, those movements have sort of co-opted some of this language. Mm -hmm. um, this, is, this is distinctly Christian. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and again, is in, I think in alignment with the way Jesus lived. Mm -hmm. you know? I mean, yeah. look at Jesus' life was one of constant... I mean, he's tending his inner world. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's going off with the Father mm -hmm. uh, all the time in solitude. Yeah. Uh, it's everywhere in the Gospels, mm -hmm. yeah. literally everywhere. Like, yeah. it's shocking if you really begin to, to look at the passages that refer to Jesus mm -hmm. getting away or mm -hmm. going to a solitary place. Uh, they're they're yeah. found all over um, all the Gospels. So, yeah. Uh, I, yeah. This is this is a Christian movement. Mm -hmm. Movement in words, a Christian, and and really the only way we, it, the only way you can make that movement mm -hmm. or you can, like, begin that movement is by the power of the Holy Spirit, yeah, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Allow us to summarize. If Jesus practiced the spiritual disciplines, we should. Yeah. <laughs> and you're not going to find <laughs> if a, you don't have any other reason to. Yeah. Jesus did. Allow the Holy Spirit to meet you in there yeah. because Jesus, it, Jesus was fully God and needed to be alone with the Father. Yeah. So so we do. And they're not called the disciplines in the Gospels. You're yeah. not going to find a passage that says yeah, we, we Jesus practiced the spiritual yeah, disciplines. Yeah. But yeah, the, but you see him. We gave it that right, term. That's right. But we did it from the life of Scripture. Right. From, from the life from of Jesus. From what we see embodied from, in Jesus. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. absolutely. And for that matter, even in the Old Testament, you yeah. think about yeah. Elijah, Moses. Yeah. I mean, all of their ministries, mm -hmm. Moses starting in the wilderness, right? Yeah. He leaves Pharaoh's house, yeah. and he, he's in the wilderness for 40 years, yeah. right? Is it 40 years? Yeah. Elijah is has outrun Ahab's yeah. chariot, and then... Yeah, in the wilderness. In the wilderness, yeah. yeah, after... Yeah, David is escaping, like, spends yeah. much... Before he became king, right. he lived in the as wilderness. as a shepherd. He's living in the yeah, wilderness. With yeah, as a sheep. shepherd, and then even as a soldier running from... I mean, he had yeah. intentional and accidental wilderness experiences. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's, it's all throughout Scripture. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Man. It's amazing when you start looking for the wilderness, mm -hmm. or again, it's you call it the wilderness or the desert. Mm -hmm. um, it's everywhere, yeah. In both the Old and the New Testament, yeah. I mean, even Paul, like we don't see him talk, we don't hear him talk about it, but yeah. we we are told before his ministry begins, he goes out into the deserts of Saudi Arabia for mm -hmm. two years. Yeah. Um, so this is the the most notable figures in both the Old, of course, primarily being Christ. Mm -hmm. Uh, but the most notable figures in the Old and New Testament are are people that began their ministries um, mm -hmm. in the wild. You yeah, know, were in solitude. Yeah, the, developing an inner life. Yeah, um, are experiencing an inner life. Yeah. Um, this is um, our our culture continually moves. Human culture, not just ours. Human culture continually moves away from things that are uncomfortable yeah. and difficult. The life of Jesus 
cause us to resist that urge. And that's not to say comfort or joy is a bad thing. The Bible is full of celebration and full of, of goodness um, and the comforting presence of the yeah. Holy Spirit. But the life of Jesus is not a life that escapes from difficulty, but rather embraces what the difficulty of the world right. can teach us. Yeah. Um, and we have to understand that. Yeah. Um, we have to understand that. And He's a very, man of sorrows. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And, and very practical. I think the spiritual disciplines are where we learn to hold the tension yeah. of the joy and the goodness of God and the celebration of life and the reality of difficulty. Mm -hmm. It's where we begin to see the image of God in us and celebrate the transformation while also repenting of the sin and of the lies. It's in the spiritual disciplines because they create space. Um, Whatever those disciplines are in serving the poor, in in participating in in mission, um, in giving, in confession, in creativity, in silence and solitude, these things force us to... Um, to look inward and to confront our reality, um, whether it is spending a day completely alone or choosing to make a sacrificially generous gift. Both of those force us to confront a reality Mm. of our inner world. Um, And by choosing to do that in our outer world, by choosing to do that thing physically, Mm -hmm. it creates space for us to come to believe something internally. We have to have this, this inner life um, and Satan has Satan has found a enticing way mm-hmm. to deny our inner reality mm-hmm. in this moment by constantly stimulating our outer reality mm-hmm. so that we don't have to take time and look yeah. um, or so that we can be so comfortable in the outer world that we don't want to do the difficult work of moving yeah. inward. Um, yeah. but we have to do it yeah. if we want to, um, if we want to be healthy, um, and, ha- and experience all of the good and joy that Jesus has for us, yeah. we have to be willing to do it yeah. right? because we are, I had, I had a radical encounter with the Holy Spirit a few years ago in which the Holy Spirit showed me a deeper, uh, like a deeper wounding and lie that I was believing in something I thought I had already dealt with, mm-hmm. um, it's a long story, but it, but it forced me to realize that if I do not look inward, then I am just choosing to live life wounded. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say my wounds will all be healed at some point in this life, but I am choosing to tolerate and accommodate wounds and, and pain in my life that the Holy Spirit would bring healing to if I would be open mm-hmm through looking inward. So God is merciful and forgiving and generous, so he will heal us in eternity. But I have come to believe that I do not want to, to, I do not want to live with any wounds I don't have to in this life. I want every amount of healing that's Mm -hmm. possible. And once again, that's not to say all of my wounds will go away. Jesus was a man of sorrows. But that is to say that I do not want to put off until eternity what I could begin to taste now by looking inward and experiencing the healing that Jesus has. Yeah, Yeah, I think we'll we'll always be wounded. Mm -hmm. Um, But to experience healing is a choice. Mm -hmm. We don't have a choice in wounding. Mm -hmm. We are given wounds, and then we 
inevitably wound others. Yeah. Because we are wounded ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can't fix mm-hmm. that, uh, which again is what externals, mm-hmm. that's, that's where that leads if we're driven by externals and mm-hmm. the exterior is let's quick fix this thing, mm-hmm. you know, um, or these issues or these, this pain or trauma. Yeah. Um, but healing is a long, painful process mm-hmm. that it will last as long as we decide to lean into it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think being wounding is, is obviously painful. Mm-hmm. To be wounded is a painful thing. But to experience healing, I think, is even more painful. Um, like the healing is the hardest part, mm-hmm. you know, because that takes it doesn't take any effort to be wounded. Because most yeah. of the time, it that begins with something that happens to you, um, and again, you participate and wound others. But um, but to experience healing is to choose uh, to choose, I think, an even more painful reality. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's the kind of pain that forms and shapes us into, again, yeah. Jesus it says in Hebrews that um, he learned obedience mm-hmm. uh, and that he, um, he wept, mm-hmm. you know, constantly wept. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, we have that one verse that says yeah. Jesus wept, and then there's a few other mm-hmm. passages. But, we, you know, we're, we're told in Hebrews weeping, grieving was mm-hmm. a consistent part of Jesus' life, um, even more than we have, like, listed in the scriptures, mm-hmm. I think. So, yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Healing, healing is always uncomfortable, but it's, it's the decision, you know, it's, this is a, a cliched analogy, but you know, you dislocate your shoulder, it probably hurts worse to put it back than it did to knock it out of place. Yeah. Um, but it's choosing to endure pain now so that you are not living mm-hmm. under the control of that pain mm-hmm. forever. <laughs> you want your arm back, <laughs> yeah. you know, um, that the wounds and lies that we believe um, that we've received that we've inflicted are limiting the use of our arm. In the analogy, the healing is putting things back in place so that we can function yeah. um, as we were created to be. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, this has been a, a rich and a, a dense conversation. Honestly, I think um, there's more to this even than I realized. Um, but I'm glad we're having this conversation because. Um, you know, we touch on these things on Sundays, on this mm-hmm. reality. Um, we say often at the fold that uh, two things can be true at the same time. Yeah. Joy and pain can exist in the same world. God yeah. can be good and life can be bad. <laughs> um, God can be good and life can be hard. Um, I, can, I can be experiencing bad and good in life at the mm-hmm. same time. And I don't have to force those things to harmonize. Yeah. I can be comfortable with the discontinuity yeah. that seems to exist. Um, and that's part of learning to develop an inner life and find healing. And my wife and I were talking about last night um, the reality of the church bearing one another's burdens, mm. I think, helps to keep us grounded um, in that tension. That when I celebrate, but I am also mourning with someone, it tempers my celebration so that I stay mm. grounded in reality, so that when the roles reverse, I am grounded enough in reality that I am not disconnected from celebration, even in my own tragedy, because life fluctuates, you Mm -hmm. know. But as we do this in community and we share with one another and we engage in these discussions, then it helps us. It helps us keep those two things in tension without Mm -hmm. without being forced out of touch in our celebration, but also without being overwhelmed or destroyed, pressed but not crushed, Mm -hmm. to use the biblical phrase, in the pain of life.
Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why we have these conversations. So, um, yeah, I think this is a conversation that we might need to continue one more week um, because this is a really significant thing. So yeah. um, we're going to bring this co- uh, conversation to a close and um, have one more episode where we talk about very practically what would it look like to develop a life marked by spiritual disciplines. Mm. Um, and that'll be the next episode. So um, does that sound good to you? Sounds great. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in, and we will see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to At Coffee with the Fold. I hope that this conversation was helpful as you pursue the healing and wholeness of Jesus. If you want to sign up for a Fold group and join community, if you want to attend an event on a Sunday morning, or if you're just looking for the next thing that's coming up that you can join with our community in doing, then make sure you go to thefoldgreenville.org or you follow us on Instagram or Facebook. Have a great day. We'll talk to you next time.